Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift. And in order to get this segment started out, or this episode started out, I need to tell you all a story. I was um, in an event about two years ago, an online event, a Zoom event, and there was like a couple hundred people on this event. I think it was actually Jay Vizette's, um JVology event, which uh, doesn't matter what it was, but it's a, it's a group for entrepreneurs. And um, so I get put in this breakout room with this woman, and I'm thinking like, geez, that name sounds familiar. And gosh, that face looks familiar. And we got to talking and sure enough, um, I put something in there. They said, put one thing in that nobody knows about your, or nobody in the room knows about you. And I said, well, I used to play women's rugby. And uh, this other woman in the room puts in this, well, I think you put in, I used to be a, a bartender at, at <laughs> rugby events or something. Would you put in and then lo and behold, we got to talking and Lana Kirtley, who is my wonderful guest, and I actually were in agriculture at the University of Alberta and we knew each other from our university days. <laughs> so talk about a small world. So yeah, everything comes full circle. So 30 yeah. years later, we randomly connect on a Zoom call with people from all over the world were on the call and we got stuck in a breakout room together and kind of discovered each other again. <laughs> so It's all good. It is a universe thing. We're supposed to stay connected in is, some way, shape or form. It is so weird. So so with that long story out of the way, I want to introduce you to Lana Kirtley. And it, aside from going to university together, um, we have bumped into each other in, at several live events. And I want to uh, let everybody know a little bit about you, Lana, and then you can take the rest away. So Lana is a functional sure. diagnostic so nutrition, nutrition practitioner. And I had to, I had to look down to make sure I didn't mess that one up. Um, and uh, Lana works with uh, mostly women. Am I right with that? Yep. Correct. Okay. Yep. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your area of expertise? Because I know some of the work that you do in your Facebook group, um, really supporting and helping women on their health journey. So tell us a little bit about your area of expertise and, and how you got how you got here. The journey, the journey. Well, and that's part of empowering health journeys is enabling it. It's become my jam to help others, to empower others on their health journey predominantly health journey. Um, I'm a good cheerleader on the sidelines for anybody when they're on the on their journey of well-being and um, business and just the journey of life and loving it and supporting it. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been an interesting hop, skip and jump and more hop skips um, along the way in terms of the foundational belief that this has always been my responsibility. My health, my well-being has always been my responsibility, no matter what I've done in life. Whether it's working admin at a local um, manufacturing site, plant site, or whether it's doing um, tests for a local oil field company, because I live in rural Alberta and I absolutely love it. But I've also always acknowledged that with the beauty of rural living comes limited access at time. And that's been the beauty as 
um, we've aged gracefully, might I say for <laughs> both of us, is that um, the access to information has gotten huge and it can get overwhelming. And I want people to understand that there is help and support out, out here, out there, and that um, as well-being, as well-intentioned, your local medical system might be, that might not be their zone of genius. And you need to understand what their zone of genius, their zone of interest is. It's kind of like saying, well, I've got a problem with my right shoulder and you're going to a medical doctor whose primary interest is delivering babies. Yeah. Like there's no congruency there and you need to acknowledge what their specialty is. Unfortunately, we always say, well, go to your family doctor first. Well, if it's not your family doctor's zone of genius, you need to take the reins and manage your own journey as compared to always handing it over. So the first one that I always talk about within this process is I want each person to decide for themselves that they are worthy, that that which you love, you treat differently. Is that not true for all of us? Yeah. If we love something, if whether it's materialistic or whether it's another human being, that which we love, our children, that which we love, you treat differently. Well, first and foremost, make sure that you're loving this. And I understand for any woman that's gone through divorce, that that self-worth can crumble. But that's the primary oxygen mask. You have to. You, if you want good stuff to come into your world, you have to be okay with yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to love yourself enough to say, I am worthy of health. I am worthy of joy. And when you believe that and step into that, and, and whether it's washing your hands, and that's something I always advocate is every time you wash your hands, public bathroom, private bathroom, whatever, you look yourself in the eye and go, you are worthy and I love you. I know you've got this. Whatever the hell, excuse my grammar, storm no, is going okay. on in life. We're, we're okay with that here. <laughs> um, whatever storm is going on that one stops and acknowledges that you are worthy of love, of vivacious living. That's first and foremost, because then you will treat you differently and stand in that space of, I can do this, I will figure it out, and I will find the coach. I will find whether it's a health coach or whether it's a fitness coach or whether it's a financial coach or whether it's somebody through a bank that can coach me or a lawyer or a Marty that can help me with divorce and coming out the other side of it with grace and dignity and self-love. Yeah. That would you love you treat differently. So that's always my primary first step in journeys is that one loves themselves. So and I think that's really, you know, that's the you first for, one. Go thank, ahead. Thank you for pointing that out because I think a lot of the, a lot of women, especially if their divorce has been ongoing or they've kind of, you know, it's been a, a long separation or a long decision to get to the divorce. 
you're just so beat down and it's hard to, or if they have kids, you know, their energy is all put to helping their kids through the divorce. And that's super important, but I love that, that oxygen mask. If you can't help yourself, you can't help your kids. So yeah. Well, and, that, that, and that was part of my journey is that standing in the middle of my living room, just having lost it on my son, who I'm going to speculate at that point in time was probably eight, nine years old. And the realization of how much I disliked myself, that I wasn't playing nice, that I was showing him what barely surviving looked like. And I wanted to be, I won't use the epitome, but a good example of a woman that could thrive, yeah. that could stand on her own two feet and thrive versus barely surviving. And that was one of those, you know, you, they talk about drawing the line in the sand and saying no more, not going there. That was one of my lines in the sense is to say, I got to figure this out in some way, shape or form, because I want a great relationship, not a mom relationship. He's now in his 20s. I want to be able to make that journey of he knows who his mom is. He knows he knows I'm there for him, that I'll also tease him and hold him accountable and that I'm good with me. I like being a woman and that I am worthy. Yeah. And that was. And yeah. being, and being healthy so, enough to yeah. enjoy life with, with your kids in their twenties, thirties, forties. I mean, if you're not healthy, what's the, I, I shouldn't say what's the point that's wrong because some people have, have health issues that they cannot control. So I'm not talking about people who I'm talking about just letting yourself go and not focusing on your health, which can contribute to, a lot of disease, a lot of chronic pain and all that kind of good stuff. So um, I, we do have some control over our health. Oh, well, and that's something that's part of this first decide is acknowledging that there is a difference between genetics and destiny. It is destined genetically that I will have blue eyes. It is not genetically um, genetic destiny that I have diabetes or that I have, um, um, what else is on my list at the top of my head, arthritis or those sorts of things. 95% of diseases are based upon the environment. We're predisposed. We might have the gene for it, right? but we are, but 95% is what I'm eating, what I'm thinking, what I'm living in that creates whether that manifests or not. And some people say, well, no, all of my family have diabetes or cardiovascular disease. It's because you're eating like all the rest of your family. But if you make the choice that that's not your journey, it doesn't have to be your journey. You can be the one that says, no, I'm not, I, I, I am worth way more than accepting diabetes, that I'm worth more than the pasta or the, the glasses of wine every night or the bread constantly. I am worth more than that because that's the journey that I do not want to take. Yeah. It's so, really interesting. Yeah. I had a, a, a guest on a few um, weeks ago, uh, 
uh, uh, Dr. Trierweiler, Dr. Ginny, and she talked about poison in it. You either make you, everything you eat is either one decision. It's either healthy or it's poison and you make the choice and then you do it. And if you want to have that glass of wine, that's fine. Nobody's saying don't have it. Heaven forbid, I would never say no, don't have a glass of wine or beer or whatever you want. But the thing you have to recognize that if you make that a habit, there are consequences to that. Um, and it may not be instantaneous. Well, it, and, it, and when we go ahead, yeah, no, I was going to say we got a bit of a delay, and that's that's the internet's fault, not either one of our fault. Yeah, but no, that's fine. Go ahead, Lina. But it's recognizing that do I want to be a donut or do I want to be a carrot? Do I want to be a slice of bread or do I want to be a apple or a chunk of celery or what, because what I'm eating builds this vessel. And so I used to always tease, we already know that I've got a 20 plus year old son. I used to say to him, do you put junk fuel in your Lamborghini? Because he's a car kid. (laughs) He still is. He always will be. He loves that stuff. And he used to look at me and he goes, well, no, you want the best fuel. And I'm like, so stop the junk food and eat the good stuff first. And then do, if that's a dessert, that's a dessert. I'm fine with that. But that is not your full meal. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's all part of that. But yeah, first and foremost, you need to decide. And then it becomes a case of discovering that, do you want symptoms and bandages? Or is your goal real healing? Because when you decide that you will discover what is root and not just go to the doctor and say, I have this symptom, what can you give me for it? Because I always laugh. Marty, I know you're down in the U.S., but you did used to live here in Alberta, Canada. Yeah, yeah. The, um, and here in Canada, and I don't watch, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I watch very little TV. But I laugh when I look at pharmaceutical ads because Canada gets so much U.S. Um, TV stations. I'm like, do you really want to take a chance on any of those symptoms that come about because of your drug. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're good. Like, (laughs) I don't, I know. I don't want that. Thank you very much. This explosive diarrhea. Really? (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a good quality option, but that's unfortunately our medical system, and I do appreciate it. There's a lot. I do appreciate it. But do you want the bandage or do you want to get lower or as another phrase would be lower into the situation or further upstream of the symptom and figuring out what's really going on and how do I serve and support way upstream so that the water flow just gets cleaner and cleaner and healthier and healthier. So we know that water streams way upstream up in the mountains are really high quality, typically water. Right. Let's make sure we get as high upstream as we can to figure out what's going on for chaos so that everything just 
tumbles or flows at such a lovely, because we're healing, not just putting another bandage on the dike or here's one finger over here and here's another finger over here and I'll put a toe over there. And it's like, no. Right. right. And that always kind of scares me because, um, and again, I, I've experienced the Canadian and we're not here to compare medical yeah. um, systems, no, no. but I do, I yeah. do, I would love, one day we'll have to, we'll have to sit and, and compare one day. But, um, but one of the things I do know is that um, it's not uncommon here for people my age. I mean, I'm, I'm pushing 60. It's not uncommon for people to have, you know, four or five specialists, a primary care doctor, and then they have like three or four other practitioners they're seeing. And um, talking about this on another episode where when it gets to the point that you go to the doctors and it's like they give you a, a page of all the other medical professionals you're taking, all the medications you're taking, all the symptoms you've had. And if you're fortunate, I guess, like me, and I can go in there and say, no, no I don't have any symptoms. No, I'm not taking any medication. No. People are kind of like, well, how can that be? Because it's just everybody here is everybody is so focused on eliminating the symptoms and not dealing with the the issue. and you know, obviously genetics does play in this as we've already talked about, but where do you see, why do you see, why do you think it's so easy to just deal with the symptoms? Why do you think people do that? Because it's a fast, it's a fast answer. In all honesty, working with me as a health um, functional diagnostic nutritionist, it's not, uh, I fully admit You've got to decide that you're in 95% plus. You have to make that commitment that you don't want this. My, my um, primary zone of interest is um, adrenal fatigue, or some would know it as um, chronic fatigue. I now just call it metabolic chaos. It's just a wheelbarrow coming out of the barn of situations and symptoms that we need to address and deal with. And I actually ironically had the conversation with the chiropractor. Why do we buy in? What, where did we get the training that just dealing with the symptom is all we need to do? And it becomes back to this. I don't want to do a bunch of hard work. I don't want to have to think about it. So I'll just remember to take my pill. Yeah. Well, I can in no way, shape or form. You would think based upon some of the tests I do that I really don't mind doing dry blood or taking my own. I don't like it, but I do it because I want the answers behind it. So I do it. I utilize my son as best as I can to help me with some of that stuff. But it's that whole idea of I want long term. I'm an old young mom. I want to go hiking with my grandbabies. Even if they don't come for another 15 plus years, I want to go hiking with my grandbabies. I won't do it, won't be able to do it if I decide I'll just take another pill. Yeah. I knew that I didn't want to sleep on the couch, run him to soccer and come back and have a sleep on the couch because of a migraine and then run, get him. I wanted to be on the sidelines and cheering and laughing and visiting. I wanted to go, I live less than two hours from the Rocky Mountains. 
I want to go for hikes. I want to go for motorbike rides. I want to go paddling, whether it's kayak or paddle boards or whatever. I want those things as long as possible into my senior years. Yeah. Well, that means I deal with me now versus taking another bandage, another prescription. And I'm more willing to put my money into supplements than I am to rely on the medical system to cover my prescriptions. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way it is. If you like, or if you like a medical plan that just covers your prescriptions, I'm not your thing. And I know that, but if you're willing to step into your own power, then don't worry about the medical, just, invest in the proper supplements and invest in the coach that will help get you upstream and get things cleaned up so that you can go hike upstream. Yeah. And, and I think um, one of the things that I was reading and I don't remember the exact numbers and I'm sure they're different based on where you are. And I know there's people listening from all different countries here, but one of the things that I do know is that they're talking about the average age of people that are going into assisted living facilities um, or that need some kind of home health care support. Um, you know, it used to be people, uh, you know, would would not necessarily need that until they were into their like early 70s, mid 70s and up. Now it's dropped down to the point where I think the average age for people getting these kind of services is somewhere around 63 to 67. That's kind of scary, um, you know, that there's that many people that are still, I still consider 63 to 67 pretty young age. That's just around the corner. I know. <laughs> it's just around the corner. I know. You know, and and I, I, I'm with you. Um, and I think one of the other things too is Lana. I think people, people want to have somebody tell them, go ahead. You don't need to change your lifestyle. You don't need to change your food. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to moderate anything. Just go, go live your life, and we can fix it on the other end. And I think yeah. that's part of the reason too. Yeah. And that's a really sad aspect. And, and um, there, there's some amount of compassion within that phrasing. I get it because how, oh, I'm going to say 25, 30 years ago, how much hoopla was there when a doctor, I just recall this, the doctor said, no, I will no longer treat you because you refuse to quit smoking. Right. And Part of me is laughing and going, he, as a doctor, was trying to impart how important it was and all the hoopla. Well, it's not that simple. Well, he has the right to say no, and now we've kind of created this, well, let's sugarcoat it. Don't worry about it, Miss Jones. It's all fine and dandy. Just come back and see me, and I'll find another pill for you. Right, right. Part of... Part of me says, who's paying the bill from the pharmaceutical? And you know what? Part of me laughs and says, if I've got investments that are in pharmaceuticals, I want a return on my investment. So what does the pharmaceutical company do? They go and further promote their drug. Off-label use, on-label use, let's find more uses for that sucker. So that, and that's where I've decided that my investments need to pull back but yeah it's a case of 
they're not trying to do you any wrong, but they're not going to stand there and fight with you anymore. It's yeah. kind of like beating your head against a brick wall. Right. It feels right. good when you stop. If you don't want to change, okay, come and see me when you not want another pill. Oh, yeah. you want to change? Let's have a hardcore discussion over it. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I really thank you. And I, I think that sometimes these conversations aren't easy because there's always, you know, you don't know who's listening. You're not really sure what everybody's situation is. So, but I do think that, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of research now that prediabetes and diabetes can type two can be reversed oh. um, in most people. I know um, MS, MS can be reversed. I know, I know it, but you got to decide that you're worth it and that you will do the what I'll call the protocol to reverse that and to get healthy and not just short term you decide that it's a lifestyle thing yeah yeah and I I think too a lot of uh, and and I'm going to just jump in here and again um, we're just about out of time but I think that if you make that you know if you wait until years and years and years into a chronic condition and then try to reverse, you've got a way bigger mountain to climb than if Ooh. you start doing it, like you get the diagnosis or you recognize the symptoms or you, you know, you, you reach out, you're not feeling well, you're not really, there's nothing really identified wrong with you, but you know, something's not right. If you can reach out and get started, yep. then you have much faster and better results than if, you know, if you've been say 10 or 15 years diagnosed with a condition and then trying to make the changes, Right. Well, an easy analogy is a leak in the roof of your home. Do you wait until the ceiling is crumbling around you and there's termites and there's bugs and there's rotten and there's mold to try and fix the situation? Or you go, there's a freaking leak in there. (laughs) I'm fixing it now, not ignoring it, not, not ignoring it, but I'm fixing that now. And I, it, if it, costs a hundred bucks now that's saving me hundreds of thousands of dollars in another 20 years because I ignore it. And it's, it's way easier to make a little adjustment now in your lifestyle and decide I'm no longer eating bread. I'm only going to eat it at a special occasion or the processed sugars or a little, a little to a lot less wine or whatever the case might be so that one can have that longevity if a glass of wine is worth more than your health and playing on the floor with your grandbabies okay that's what it is but in my world heck no i want to go skiing with my grandbabies yeah so lana you've covered a lot of information and i think i think you've spoken um really honestly authentically from the heart and from your knowledge and, and expertise in this area what do you want people to remember when they go away from this conversation and go about their day? Um, I'll use a quote or an analogy. Change can be scary, but you know what's really scarier? Is allowing fear to stop you from growing, evolving, and progressing. Step into the scary. Step into the fear. Because there's a vivacious life on the other side of all of that. I love I love that vivacious life. I love the 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 thought and the the whole imagery of that. Lana, if people want to yeah. learn more about what you do or maybe want to work with you, what's the best way to reach out? Um, empowering health journeys, Lana Kirtley. Either way works absolutely. And for those that are listening on podcast, 
Lana is L-A-N-A, really nice and simple. Kirtley's a little more funky. K-I-R-T-L-E-Y. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Empowering Health Journeys. It's it's at the heart of who I am. It, it costs nothing for a discussion. Please know that a discussion is always free and available to say, hey, I heard you on Marty's podcast. I want to better understand what's going on. Great. Let's have that conversation. Let me understand. Here's some um, free, I'll call them quizzes for lack of a better, but everybody knows a quiz or a survey. Um, and you can answer that. And that helps give me some idea of whether I can likely help you. But first and foremost, know that you are worthy. Yeah. Always, always, always. Wonderful. Lana, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know you've shared a wealth of information and I just want to remind everybody, tune in next week for another episode of The D-Shift. Thanks for listening and supporting The D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join The D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, Head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.